Hey kids, welcome back to On Stage, Off Stage. I'm your host, George Sapio, and our guest this week is playwright and screenwriter Neil LeBute. Neil's play, In a Forest Dark and Deep, will be performed by the Reader's Theater of Ithaca March 7th through 9th at Cinemopolis. The production will star Reader's Theater Artistic Director Anne-Marie Cummings and Everton Stewart Eisenberg, and it will be directed by Cynthia Henderson. Neil Butte's work spans theater, TV, and movies, and he is best known for writing, among many, many other things, The Shape of Things, In the Company of Men, Nurse Betty, The Wicker Man, and The Mercy Seat. We began by asking Neil about the characters in A Forest Dark and Deep, and what one character says are the lies that we tell each other to get by. Typically, our use of mirrors in daily life is to make ourselves look better. Okay, We use the mirror to change who we are so we can see something that might not be entirely accurate. Some of, A lot of your work does the opposite, tries to show us how we might really look. So my question to you first is human nature, basically. I mean, is the truth of it rarely or sometimes pretty well i think it's a you know for me at least the experience of living has been uh, a fairly healthy mix you know and certainly i think that's reflected in in the work i do while it may it may you know fall to one side it may it may seem that there are certainly some darker subjects that i've been interested in writing about or um that the, the pieces are often filled with conflict or people who are you know hopefully complex but but often less than embraceable on occasion. Um, I think that that, you know, is reflected in, in, in society, in the people around us. I mean, people have great capacity for good and bad. And, uh, it, it, it certainly doesn't make me a nihilist or, you know, someone who's, who's really negative about, about people. I just think that that's part of the job. A is to, is to create conflict between characters. Um, and so I am, I am, you know, paid, occasionally mm. to, uh, to do that. Um, and, uh, paid is whether I'm paid thing. or not, yeah. <laughs> whether I'm paid or not, right. I believe that is the job. And so, um, that is what I latch onto and, and, and try and do on the page. But that said, um, happy ending. I'm certainly not against it. I've, I've written a couple, but I've certainly written somewhere, whether they're sad or tragic or, or just, uh, you know, somewhere in between. I think that, that, that people are, are, interestingly complex and and that should be reflected in in work that you do and so um there's there's plenty of of happy stuff out there and then stuff that's certainly sadder than than what i'm writing uh but i i think that um in terms of what i'm doing you know some you know there, there are many kinds of mirrors out there people people buy them often because one makes you look more thin than the other absolutely and whether yeah. that's you know that's whether that's deceiving yourself or not you know we we tend to either want to flatter ourselves or or I really want to look in the mirror and, and, and see who I am. You know, the mirrors have many functions, and so so do so do all kinds of writers. And and I'm just a writer who I'm not writing documentaries. I'm you know I'm still writing fiction. I just happen to concentrate on on whatever moves me you know, right. long enough to sit down and, and write that story. That's that's the job, and that is uh, because I don't tend to rip things from the headlines or or pull from my own life or family's life um, or the, the history of my ancestors. I am compelled to, you know, find some story that, that seems worth telling. And, and so um, once I do, I, I really don't care who those, those people are, if they're nice or not nice, or uh, they're, they're the ones that I'm going to concentrate on for the next however long. At one point in the play, Betty asks Bobby, you know, the truth. She says, it hurts, doesn't it? He says, yeah, it does. It's things like a bitch. 
as a writer going through trying to find the truth, when you're talking about things that aren't pretty, that aren't palatable, that are less than pleasant, how difficult does it get for you to, to, to do that? Well, I think on the, on, the, on the page, it's always easier. You know, in life, it's, it's much harder. It's hard to be brave. It's hard to stand up for what you believe in or do the right thing. Or, you know, we, we often uh, take care of ourselves. We, you know, we, we make choices that we regret. And, and I am as, as fallible as the next person, if not more so. You know, you, you, you make mistakes and, and you learn from those or you don't learn and you make them again or you make new ones. It's, you know, we, we plod on through life and, and we have happiness and sadness. And, and some of that, again, is reflected in the work when I'm sitting down with characters who don't exist and I'm in control of, of that, you know, I, I try to be ruthlessly, that's not an easy word to say, but ruthlessly mm-hmm. um, sure. honest, you know, in terms of, of who those characters are, even if they're very deceptive, like the character of Betty in, in that play. She is continually, um, you know, working on kind of a duplicitous level. There's what she's what she's saying, and then ultimately what she's meaning, or what she's trying to not say, or what she's trying to hide. And um, that's that's difficult for an actress, I think, to you know to try and play all those things, and and yet to to appear as if she's you know someone that we want to spend time with, and someone that we we see how she gets by doing all of that. So, um, well, they say bad decisions make the best theater. I, I think that's probably true. I, I don't think that, you know, many, many happy relationships on, on one stage create, you know, much conflict or drama. So I think that, you know, whether there's small or large misunderstandings or, or terrible, you know, terrible lies or, or, you know, all kinds of things have to be, have to be written ultimately to, to make us sit down and say, this is a story that I, I want to watch because we're compelled to uh, to see how these things will work out, but we do have to have something to work out, in, you know, in the first place. Exactly. Uh, it, I mean, all through the play, Bobby and Betty are sparring back and forth. It's it's less about the job that they're there to do and the fact that they are alone, isolated, essentially in a forest, dark and deep, with nothing but each other, and they're they're going back and forth with rationalizations about what they've done and what the other person has done and each one at you know drawing the line at things they won't do in a sense they are defending their you know themselves against each other you know, they're brother and sister there's nobody closer than them you know in in one way maybe husband and wife but brother and sister have yeah there's yeah. a blood connection there which is yeah. is unlike you know most relationships that we see even husbands and wives um and so it's a, it is a rare one and one that I hadn't really explored. I'd actually explored a, a brother relationship in a, in a play similarly titled called in a, in a, in a dark, dark house. Right. And, uh, and so this wasn't really a companion piece, but it was kind of, of a, of a nature, um, the same kind of thing because it was a sibling relationship that I thought would be interesting to, to look at. And, and I think this piece does sort of start out, start out as a, um, a kind of domestic drama, you know, between, between, family members and ultimately it reveals itself to be uh more mysterious than that that there's a you know there's a thriller element you know at play but right. that's uh that's something that, that sort of clicks into place once once we have spent some time with these people and we think we know them and i think that, that was important that our uh, i wanted our sentiments to kind of fall in 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 a couple of places 
because we think, oh, that's who this guy is and that's who she mm-hmm. is, and, yeah. and this is how I feel toward that kind of person. And then slowly we, the, 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 the wheel spins a bit and you go, oh, wait a minute, maybe I don't know them very well because that's you know, ultimately what, what we show on stage and in life is that we realize you know, we're, we, we spend time with people, we work with people, we have friends, we have loved ones, and, and we know only so much about them, what they want to give, something exactly. to find out about yeah. them. But ultimately, people are relatively unknowable. You know, and we, we ultimately have to live with that and say that we're, we're always among strangers in a way. And some of them are intimate strangers and some, you know, are certainly uh, more distant than that. But, but ultimately, we're all strangers to each other and, and we, we give up only usually as much as we, as we wished it. Exactly. And, and, we, uh, and that's how we, we go through life. And so it's a, it's a fascinating way that, that people deal with each other. Well, I'm, I'm looking at this and yes, I'm agreeing with you. And a large part of the play seemed to me not to be the characters trying to defend themselves or, or project themselves as images onto others, but to defend themselves against who they themselves are. In a sense, they might still be strangers to themselves by not facing up to the things that, quote, they've done? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, that we can also be a stranger to ourselves, that we, you know, we, we, we are as ready to lie to ourselves often or more so sometimes than we are to others. You know, we'll, we'll not want to look in the mirror. If we continue that analogy of the mirror, um, that's something that a lot of people don't want to do, you know, in their own lives. They go, Oh, you know, I hate looking in mirrors. I hate the fact that I'm getting older. I hate that I'm gaining weight. I don't really want to see, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I need to go to the, need to go to the dentist. And so I, you know, I, I kind of like dismiss reflective surfaces. And by doing that, I'm telling myself or kidding myself usually that, those problems don't exist. And, you know, so the more I do that, the more I can, I can live with myself. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think we can really be strangers to ourselves as well. Um, and I think that's part of what's, what's going on. You know, there, there's someone in the room in this play who, um, to a fault, I would say, Bobby is a kind of honest guy. You know, he's, he's kind of dealing with his problems and, and kind of has his sister's number. And he certainly um, prides himself on that quality. Yeah, and I think he's one of those people who, you know, you kind of go, oh, God, he's here, because he's got opinions, <laughs> you know, in a, in a bar or at Thanksgiving. You know, Absolutely, you know, This yes. guy's got opinions, and, you know, he doesn't leave a lot of room for other people's opinions. And um, and so that's that's a difficult kind of character to be around. But, it, it you know, it doesn't mean in the end that he's a, he's a bad guy. Um, all of some of his views, you know, I, I listen to them, and I think, oh, God, wow, he's, you know, he's really severe. Um, and that was, you know, part of that was calculation to say, again, let's, let's stack the deck in one way for the first 30 minutes of the play and then reverse that and see, you know, if an audience can make that shift, if they can go, wait a minute, okay, I know he said that about that and that and that, but this guy's got a point about mm-hmm. the, what's happening in the room. So, it, so our opinion of people, of characters in life in general is that we can't settle on anything. It's constantly changing because we're always learning things about people. And once we make judgments about them, we, we find them challenged at some point later on down the line. It's very unsettling. Yeah, but very true, I think. You know, I mean, we're constantly evolving or devolving or, you know, rarely do we stay in, in one place. Even right. though sometimes we feel stuck. We think, oh, God, nothing's happening. My job's the same thing day after day. My life is, you know, this, this marriage, this relationship, this whole thing is just one little, you know, round and round and round we go. Um, and yet within that, 
pattern, all kinds of little things are happening every day, you know? So um, sometimes we don't see the, the bigger picture or the smaller picture, you know, because of, of the way we are focusing we on details. At. Yes. Well, yeah. it's like, it's like, you know, people you haven't seen for a while and you think, Oh God, they've really changed. Whereas the people you're around day to day or, and, or yourself, you look right. in the mirror and you think, I look the same as I did in high school. And then you see a picture from high school and you go, Oh, well, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've taken all the uh, mirrors out of the bathroom. I'm 54. Yeah. And yeah. I, if, yeah the mirrors, just... if the mirrors aren't gone, the yearbooks certainly are. They've been mm-hmm. hidden away. I'm just going to put up pictures of me when I was 17. Everybody's going to be fine. Yeah. Rather than a mirror, just pin, pin that to the wall. As a writer, um, I'm a writer myself and I know what I go into when I attack a project. I have certain purposes and I, I always try and look at what the effect it's going to have on the audience. Is it in the back of your head sometimes to deliberately leave the audience confused in a moral or ethical sense um, about your characters by deliberately not giving concrete pat answers to their personalities? Um, I think, I think challenge is, is probably a good way to think about it. Uh, confuse is a word that I worry about because, um, while I like people who are, you know, made up of, of gray areas rather than black and white, um, I, I think the less confusion there is for an audience as they're watching something, the better. You know, uh, I hate to have people leaning forward because they can't hear. I hate them to miss something and go, what, wait, what did he say? What's that about? I don't understand how that happened. You know, so confusion to me doesn't seem to breed the right kind of, you know, attitude for an audience to yeah, be confusion you know, is a, place, probably, a place for them to be. I do like them to be challenged. I do like to, to say, you know, there are other sides to this issue. There, here's, here's something else. Here's, you know, let's, we're going to tackle... Uh, abuse today, but we're going to look at it from, from this particular angle because, you know, and, and especially I think if you're someone who has written a fair amount about relationships, you know, men and women together, right. same sex, friends, any kind of, you know, group dynamic like that. There, there have been so many plays and films oh, and you know, television yeah, shows yeah. about that. I feel like you, 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 you must be compelled and some people aren't, I suppose. And those are often the pieces that I sit and watch and think, wow, I feel like I've heard this before. You know, I've heard this dynamic about this father and son or, or this, this parents and child. Um, but the best ones are the ones who somehow take that raw material and say, I'm going to do a story about a family and you go, Oh boy. Okay. Uh, and somehow they managed to make this, husband and wife and these kids seem like people I've never seen before. And the dynamics, while similar to ones that I've, I've lived through or thought about they're they're approached in a, in a new, you know, a new fashion, you know, in a, with a, with a new structure, you know, something that, you know, when, when Pinter wrote betrayal and simply said, I'm going to tell this story, not completely backwards, but essentially I'm going to go from the end of the relationship back to the beginning and, you know, right. just that mm-hmm. dynamic suddenly said, I have a new view on, 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 a, on and a way in which to, to frame uh, an age old story about a romantic triangle. So, you know, that kind of thing, I guess, is ultimately what, what, you know, one sits down to do is to say, how can I do this differently, especially when I'm dealing with stuff that people have seen many, many times before. Because a lot of the characters that we're discussing are, as you said, complex and a challenge. And they're not 
typical iconic heroes. I'm wondering what the word hero means to you. I mean, as a writer, as a person, do you have any heroes? Oh, sure. I mean, heroes are, you know, that's, that's a, you know, like most words, it's a very subjective word. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's not usually a picture in the dictionary for that one. You know, we can put a picture of a cow and there are many types of cows and yet you can draw an outline of a cow and say, you know, if you see that in the field over there, right. that's pretty much a cow. Sure. Could be brown, could be black, might could be white ones, right. spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's going to look like that. Hero, you know, they don't bother to put a picture of that. They can say, here's an American hero, what we call Lindbergh, and somebody else goes, you mean the dude who just, you know, basically flew across the ocean, that's a hero? Um, you know, it's, it's such a subjective thing. Um, uh, you know, watching the, watching the Super Bowl, you know, people introducing you know, the, the, this song I want to dedicate it to my family or, you know, and a Medal of Honor winner is standing there. You think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the notion that that guy's a hero. You know, he's been recognized as someone, you know, not just by me or, you know, his family, but by the nation as here's a guy who was worthy of, of this kind of honor. And we tend to know what that honor is, you know, uh, someone who has, I guess, you know, gone outside of themselves, have given of themselves in a way that is disproportionate to the way that we normally live our lives, you know? Um, so some people just go, Oh, my dad's my hero, you know? And, and I don't think I would say that, but, um, but I have a pretty strong idea, even though it's flexible of what I would consider, you know, heroes to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and sometimes it might be quite different than what somebody else would think, but, but I certainly have writing heroes, you know, and, and while I may think, Oh, that, that guy is not necessarily, he wasn't a great family man. You know, it, it's, it wasn't like, you know, a beauty contest. It wasn't right. like a best guy in the universe contest. It's simply, I admire the way that person wrote. Someone like Ing- Ingmar Bergman, you know, from, from all reports, a, a difficult character to live with in, in life, sure. you know, in terms yeah. of at least, at least the women who, you know, tried to have relationships with him and, and the nine children, you know, who he apparently, and I, I think I recall this from an interview, um, you know, could, could basically remember when they were born based on what movie he was directing at the time. So, you know, he wasn't necessarily, again, like a great family man, right. um, but also, you know, kind of said, hey, I wasn't, I wasn't great at it, you know? And sometimes I would steal dialogue directly. You know, my kid said I was, I, you know, uh, I, I once said I wasn't a great father, and he said, you know, a great father, you weren't any father at all. And he immediately took that and put it into a movie and said, wow, what a great line that was yeah. that my kid said about me. Um, so, you know, uh, no one asked me, did I think he was a great man? Right. I think he was a really great filmmaker and a, and, a, and a great writer. And so he could be a writing hero, but it doesn't mean I, you know, that's the way I want to leave, leave my, my life. So it's a, it's a very flexible term that, that one hero, but I certainly do have people that I, I admire a great deal. And, you know, if you pinned me down and said, so who are your heroes? I could probably give you a, a short list. That was my next question. Give me two. <laughs> give me two. Um, uh, on the page, sure. Someone yeah. like you know, I, I, I you know, whose I work can you, can you not pass up? Okay, let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, well, I've I've seen every Woody Allen movie, whether I think they're great or not. I've I've seen seen them all. Okay. Same for Bergman. Same for Fellini. Same for Mike Lee. Same for lots of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strindberg. I like Strindberg as a writer. Apparently, he was a just a piece of work as a person. Right. Um, in life, who do I think is a hero? Um, you know, God. What about playwrights? Uh, playwrights? Oh, all kinds of people I like. You know, I like Carol Churchill. I like Christopher Shin. I like, 
Uh, I like Sam Shepard. I like, you know, I certainly ad- ad- admire Mamet. Um, uh, Rebecca Gilman, I like. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people. Adam Rapp, I think, is, is good. Um, Kenny Lonergan, I think, is a great writer. So there's, there's a lot of good people out there. Your work is about to be produced by the Reader's Theater of Ithaca, Anne-Marie Cummings, um, directed by Cynthia Henderson. And I know you've directed your own work. And what goes through your head when you're about to see one of your pieces done by somebody else that you're not professionally familiar with? Well, that's a, that's a tricky thing. Um, you know, you, you certainly do have to learn if you, if you get the chance to have your work done elsewhere. And I mean elsewhere like Ithaca and mm-hmm. or Russia. You know, you have, to, you have to be willing to let that thing go. You know, it's a little bit of, hey, this is, this is my child and, and, you know, I hope they, they do well at boarding school, but, but they, they want to go and we want them to go and, and off where it's going to go. And we're going to hear if it's good or bad, but, you know, they're going to have to kind of go through the thing. Um, there's a lot of productions I have these days uh, of things that some are not even aware of. You know, you hear about something later. You go, oh, wow, I didn't even know that was licensed and that happened and well, I read the program and that was, wow, what a very nice program that was and the reviews are great and, you know, uh, I might have even liked to have seen that, but I didn't know. That just, uh, I've been lucky enough to have that sort of thing happen. Um, some things I'm still connected to and I go back and I work on the piece and, and, and this is somewhere in between. You know, I've, uh, the Reader's Theater has, has done a couple of my plays and, and I've been in contact with, with Anne-Marie and so, um, you know, this is, this is on, a, on a slightly different level than, than, than somebody I've, I've never heard of working over in New Zealand and, sure. and they get the yeah. rights and, and they go do something for a few nights and you go, gosh, I hope it's good. You know, things show up on YouTube. People want to do, you know, and, and, and the, the gesture is, is a positive one. It's a nice one. I really like your play. I want to do a scene from it, you know, uh, in class, and they record it and they throw it out there. And yet that may be the first thing that anybody ever sees of mine. And I go, wow, that's not really good. Um, and there's not much I can do about it. True. And so you just, you know, you yeah. kind of have to have a really thick skin and you deal with the reviews and you deal with scenes like that and, mm-hmm. and, and know that some people are seeing things, maybe even top quality stuff that I would love and they don't like it. And that's just the way it goes. That's their opinion. And, and, sure. and God bless. Um, and the, and the critics, you know, they, you know, it's, it's a rare job that gets dissected publicly. Right. Um, you know, and so you, you kind of do have to go into it and, and be strong and say, I'm just going to keep doing my stuff. And I hope that, you know, the, the quality of it, shines through somewhere along the line, whether mm-hmm. they read it or see it or, and, and you just kind of keep, keep moving forward. It really, yeah. a lot of it is, is this sort of tunnel vision of, you know, this kind of Sisyphus, you know, pushing this, this, right. pushing this the rock canon, up, yeah. canon of your work yeah. up the hill saying, I'm going to try and get it up there. But, but, um, every so often, yeah, somebody whacks you a good mm-hmm. one and you think, well, there it goes. It's rolling back down. You know, you think, <laughs> you know somebody, you know, just somebody on Twitter says some yeah. shit that they want to say. And, and you go, there's no recourse. You just, you know, you either, you either go after them or you, you know, you go back and forth with them or, and indulge that. And, and often that's all they wanted. They just want to debate you and, and get you to, you know, comment. But right. in the end, you just go, that's the way it is today. Some, you know, a hundred years ago, people didn't deal with that, but they dealt with something that, that someone a hundred years before that didn't deal with. So, exactly. you know, that's, that's the world I'm living in. And I'm going to have to just yeah. kind of do my work and hope that it speaks for itself. You're sitting in the audience, watching one of your plays be performed. 
You ever see things that you hadn't seen before, even though you've written it? I mean, do you ever get epiphanies where you look at it and go, I didn't know that was in there, or I didn't know I was saying that, or I had no idea that that was part of, of the intent of the script? Every time. Almost really? Every fail. time? Almost, almost without fail. Someone, and usually positive, sometimes, sometimes negative. You go, oh, no, I didn't mean that. Mm. You know, that, that's, a hor- that's a horrible reading of that. I'm going to go home and cut but, that line? Yeah, well, not that, but I think I, I tend to blame those people. I tend to say, <laughs> nope, that, that, that's them, that's not me. But often I see something that I, I think, oh, they have illuminated it in a way. The, the way they've read that, the pause they put in, the, the, the physical humor they found in that line, I didn't actually even see. And, uh, and that's always a really fun and gratifying thing. And I, you know, I take as much credit for that as I can. You know, I say, oh, it's there, and, you know, I wrote that, and yet, you know, I also give a lot of credit to the people who, who constantly are finding new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you never know where it's going to come from. Sometimes it's a director, it's sometimes it's in a review. Um, it's an audience member who says, wow, that's, you know what I really saw in that? Um, sometimes it's your mom, you know, you're, she'll, she'll say something and you go, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Um, I, I remember a kid in Amsterdam was, I, I was over for a workshop once and, and these students were each doing a, a scene from one of my plays and a kid started talking about the shape of things um, and what he wanted to do at the end of the play. And I was listening to him going, oh man, mm. what an interesting idea. And I'd never thought of that and I've never seen one production think about doing this. And, uh, and so, you know, that's the kind of thing that is very surprising and very, gratifying to to uh, to have people you know continue the exploration say this is you know this is the best i could do i this is what i put down on paper and, and that's what goes into a production you know right. I, I create this blueprint and, and actors breathe life into it and but that's and a the great audience. thing about theater every time it's different you know yeah. somebody, and you have the opportunity yeah. to to do it you know hopefully uh, you know quite a few times in your lifetime as opposed to you make a movie and you know it might get remade once if you're, you know, alive that long, um, it, it's happening more and more frequently. So who knows? But it's still movies are much more rarely remade than mm. than say plays are exactly. done, you know, in right. various parts of the world. So you know, if you're lucky enough to see your play done ten times, you'll see ten really, you know, interesting takes on it. Whether Hopefully. it's great or bad, uh-huh. you know, you will see something interesting. That's one of the joys of theater. It's one of the reasons we it do it. It certainly is. Okay. I'm going to hit you with three quick questions, and then we're out of here. Because we're talking about complex characters, who for you, which character is like the epitome of likable villainy? Well, classically, you know, I'm immediate, I would immediately say um, Claudius from, from Hamlet. You know, I mean, really? he's the one who's described, you know, as, as a, a smiling villain. Um, you know, and there's, I've seen him played in so many different ways. Um, and, and so that's, that's, that's one that immediately comes to mind. Um, but, but today, you know, something, um, I would say, um, like the character of Thomas in, in Downton Abbey, you know, he's, he's someone you kind of love to hate. He's, he's okay. one of the, you know, the under butlers and, uh, he is, um, uh, a fascinating character over four seasons, you know, someone that you think, oh, uh, he's really unlikable, and then suddenly they make him, you know, you sort of suddenly feel for him, and then he's kind of a tragic figure, and now he's back to being just a bad guy. Um, they've really, you know, kind of stretched that character in a lot of directions, but someone, it, whether it, it's, you know, well-played by the actor, there's no doubt about that, um, who embodies him, um, or it's, you know, Julian Fellows and, and what he's putting on the page, uh, it's a combination, usually, you know, directing and acting and all those things, and, and just well-cast, but there's a guy that I find, you know, well, on, on the page, I'd probably think, what a 
bastard. Um, he's a bastard that I'm, I'm constantly interested in seeing what he's going to do next. Sure. Yeah. I'm surprised that you said Claudius because he's one of my favorite characters and I've written papers on how Claudius is practically the only worthwhile character in the entire play. <laughs> Looking through your resume, you have credits that just don't stop. You're obviously busy. You're, um, you know, working a lot. When's the last time you found yourself in a hammock with an airport novel with nothing to do for a week? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, and I'm fine with that. I, 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 you know, I'm a person who's extremely happy working. Um, I've been lucky enough to, to find a place that I'm, I'm, I'm able to do what I always wanted to do. And, and I'm now at a place where people are at least interested enough to, to take a look at that work. Right. And, you know, after years of, 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 you know, trying to just get in the door and have people read something and, and have it rejected all over the place. So, um, it's not that I hear the clock ticking and say, Oh, you know, I've only got mm-hmm. so much time left. Everyone's only got so much time left, but exactly. I, I, I definitely love, you know, the job and I love going to the theater and, and, you know, when it's not my play, I'll go see somebody else's play or go to the movies or whatever. So I, I'm not really a hammock person, but I, I certainly don't mind downtime. And I, you know, I had a day where I can go, Hey, I'm just going to sit back and watch movies and, that's all great too, but but I certainly you know it's not long before I, my hands are are fidgeting and, and I'm ready to sit down and write something. Sounds good. Last question: What do you want your legacy to be? What I want it to be and what it is will be you know so different. It's it's funny you know just how those things change. Mm. Uh, I mean like like a guy like Philip Seymour Hoffman who just died recently. Yeah, you know, uh, his legacy was completely altered by the last act exactly. you know, that, that he that he did. It'll always be there you know, hung on, what a great actor, really nice guy, can't believe, you know, that's the way he died. An immense um, talent, so, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and it takes nothing away from that for me, but I, I also can't help but think, oh, God, why, you know, that was just awful and selfish, and you had three kids, and, you know, um, but you had something you were dealing with that was hard, and, and, you know, but people do all the time and deal with things, and it's ultimately how they deal with them. Right. Um, but, but in terms of a talent and, and a gift and, and the, the opportunity that, that would have been there for so many other great things, you know, what a shame. Um, mm. But for me, I don't, you know, I, I, hope that, I hope that some of the writing, you know, lasts. Um, as a writer, that's the one thing you, you, you do have is you have shelf space and you say, I hope that there's, you know, always a chunk on some shelf that says, you know, this was, this was good work. Um, as a film director, certainly I've kind of been able to go in, in various directions. And I let myself do that because my kind of vision was so clear in terms of what I was going to do as a writer. Uh, and I've kind of stayed in that, in that world. So I, I, I think ultimately the plays may live longer than, than the films. Um, I, I hope there's a couple of those that, that stay around as well. I hope that most people who, you know, knew me thought of me as a, as a, as a decent guy, you know, definitely, uh, as complex and, 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 uh, and, and filled with gray areas as, as my characters. But, sure. you know, I hope that my kids and, and, you know, those around me go, yeah, he was, a, he was, a, he was a good guy. You know, um, I think there's a line from the mercy seat where one of the character, one of the characters has asked the same thing. And he says that he hopes his tombstone reads, I, you know, he was okay. And, and I, I'm sort of in that same place, but you know, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'm, I'm going to end up being anybody's hero or I hope no, not too many people's villain, but mm. uh, you know, I hope that most people look back and, and they, you know, they, they nod their head and say, yeah, he was a pretty good guy. And, and I think he was a pretty good writer too. 
Um, I, think, I guess that's you know. I don't think you can I'm ask for anything for better than that. Yeah, that's that's certainly a worthy goal, and good luck to you on that one. Um, Neil Butte, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Same Great chatting with Thank you. you. And uh, we're definitely looking forward to seeing you in a forest dark and deep. Thank you very much.